and it's time for the State Secrets Land Grant Holy Land Recruiting Podcast with Patrick Yan, Jake Collar, and Ken James. Unfortunately, this week we won't have Ken with us. Uh, we just had a couple, you know, little scheduling mishaps, but little timing we, stuff. Me and Jake will be bringing you the State Secrets as normal, and it's a little bit earlier this week, so mm-hmm. uh, some things on the schedule are going to change a little bit, but should still be a good fun recruiting podcast that we got going on here jake yeah it's the fact that we don't have a game this week it kind of gives us an opportunity to talk about some of the other true freshmen and and, um incoming people for you know other schools or so it's not just ohio state all the time right because it's it's all recruiting not just osu recruiting that we like to do here right so normally we start with our friday night fighters we are recording this on a friday morning so the games have not been played yet. Unknown. Yes. Um, <laughs> yet to be determined. I'm, I'm sure we can still expect big things from the normal names, you know, Kyle McCord, Legend, and, and Julian yeah. Fleming. And so Jack instead, we're going to just go through the top true freshmen overall in this class in a couple different ways. So first thing we're going to start off with is the top 10 overall recruits from the 2019 class. Because we talk about so much about the top 10 or top 100 even of the 2020 class, 2021 class. Of course, right. we have guys who in from osu that will be in those classes coming you know next couple years julian fleming number three overall in his class right now he has been number two jack sawyer Sawyer has been number two in the 2021 class unfortunately osu didn't have any of those guys in 2019 yeah but But, yeah just let's talk about these guys so number one the highest overall recruit was nolan smith he's a weak side defensive end went to georgia so far just five tackles 1.5 tackles for loss 1.5 sacks yeah it's one of those things these guys are so good but even for guys like nolan smith there's a a little bit of a learning curve so i mean just the fact that he's playing a lot he's i mean there's no lack of talent on that anywhere on that georgia team so for him just to crack this you know the starting or playing spot is is a big deal for him and he he's kind of the future of the linebacker spot there at at uh georgia where we've seen you know going through name after name after name roquan smith currently with the bears is the most recent one i think but nolan smith they'll just be the next one in line right and then we got Kayvon thibodeau oregon weak side defensive end as well nine tackles 3.5 tfl 2.5 sacks yeah he was for a long time he was the number one overall recruit so it kind of goes show you how close these guys can get but yeah he's playing well out in Oregon he gets a little lost in the in the shuffle being out west sometimes but he's again a a very good player this is another guy that's been making a lot of a lot of waves and this is Derek Stingley LSU's cornerback um 12 tackles two picks eight passes defended yeah this he is a Working on freshman All-American, maybe just freshman, top freshman in the SEC kind of thing. He's already playing way above what we th- what people thought he would, they would see in his freshman year. And we got Jaden Hasselwood, Oklahoma wide receiver, 14 receptions, 218 yards, one touchdown, nothing to sneeze at. No, not at all. And you're looking at 9.8 a catch for this guy. And being on the other side of CeeDee Lamb, like, there's a lot of talent there at Oklahoma, obviously. But he's getting a, a good share of the ball, too. Evan Neal is currently the starting left guard for Alabama. And, I mean, like, if you're starting on the Alabama offensive line. Really, if you're starting on any elite team's offensive line as a freshman, you're probably going to be making lots of money on Sunday in a few right. years. Zach Pickens is a... Defensive tackle for South Carolina. He's got 11 tackles. Don't really hear too much about South Carolina these days. No, they're, I guess, 
I wouldn't say transition. They've just kind of settled into that second tier, I would say, of SEC East teams. And then we got the third guy of the top ten that's not going to play this year. That's Brew McCoy. He's a Texas, just you know, one of those athletes. And uh, he's out with eligibility and illness issues. He's not expected to play this season as well. So it's the third guy that's going to miss the entire season. And those of us who, who love this recruiting stuff know that the saga of Brew McCoy committing to Texas, then decommitting, then committing to USC, then going out there and decommitting and going back to Texas. Just a not a good showing. It kind of shows a little bit of being kind of wishy-washy as far as where you're committed to. So he's an outstanding athlete, and he'll have a lot of stats eventually. But I don't know, maybe he's just trying to settle in somewhere. It can't find a spot to make it home quite yet. Right. I mean, not to judge these kids too harshly, but, you know, Head case is kind of a word that comes up with yeah. this type of situation, and he's already having eligibility issues. You know, illness is one thing. You can't really stop that. But, right. you know, eligibility issues, it's it's rough to see it from a guy who, like you said, has a bit of a flighty history. And so rounding out our top ten is Darnell Wright, Tennessee's offensive tackle, and he's a starting right tackle. And when I was looking through this list, man, Tennessee had quite a few really high, highly touted freshmen. But yeah. that program seems to be going nowhere fast. Yeah, they – they're one of the uh, perennial watch out for this team, watch out for that team. It always We always seem to hear about Tennessee before the season, and then they kind of poo the bed. But, I mean, again, starting SEC offensive linemen as true freshmen, that's, that shows the talent level that you have. That's why right. he's a top ten guy. Yeah, so that was the top ten overall. Besides, you know, just like Derek Stingley, Stingley or I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that, but yeah. – it seems like none of these top ten guys have really made a huge name for themselves as just like a like you said a, a all American. I'm I'm still looking at at Thibodeau to to really make a name for himself out west, and I think Hazelwood would be a super super duper star pretty much anywhere else. But in that Oklahoma offense, it almost it's kind of plug and play. I mean, we're seeing it at the quarterback position, so it kind of transfers to the wide receiver position too. And they already got some studs out there, so he doesn't have to show up quite yet. But really, does kind of just go to show that these top ten guys are are not sure things, even if they are top ten. Unfortunately, some of these guys are out too. We'll see, and we'll see what happens with Brew McCoy because I think he has a special talent that he's got to get his mind right. All right, so let's move on to the top five recruits for OSU in the 2019 class. Yeah. And we should know as, as OSU fans and OSU listeners generally, we should kind of be knowing how these guys are doing, but it's good to mm-hmm. just kind of give a review anyway. So number one of our class was Zach Harrison, strong side defensive end. He's got eight tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, and 1.5 sacks. Tell me about this guy, Jake. Uh, well, obviously local boy, super athletic they love the term bendy with him, just like with Chase. He can get around people. Uh, he actually has the second most snaps of any D end and on the team so far. He's one of these plug and play guys. He will be at the end of the season one of these nationally touted freshmen, true freshmen, and he's just the next one in line. And man, he looks like a wrecker out there. And not only that, we actually saw him drop and play a little bit of coverage too. So he's an all around, you know, number one, two, three guy in the country. Yeah, he's he's a freak. Yeah, from what I've seen, it's just when you saw him keeping up stride by stride with Adrian Martinez, right? That was something special for a guy who's almost double Adrian Martinez's size, right? And yeah, he I mean he's wrecking havoc even when you're not picking up stats, and that's for a lot of these guys. You know, there's especially for a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can kind of be doing a lot 
to get other people sacks, but you, you might not be getting them yourself. So number two, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, 10 receptions, 101 yards, three touchdowns is kind of the big number there. Right. It, I mean, it goes to show that Justin Fields likes him and trusts him. Not that he doesn't for any of the other wide receivers, but, I mean, you start to think about you having a Garrett Wilson and then you're bringing in a Julian Fleming next year and you're going to lose a couple guys from this room in your Austin Max and Ben Victors, but – this room looks strong going forward. It it absolutely does. Garrett Wilson just looks very sure-handed so far. I'm not yeah. really putting too much wrong with him. It's just the wide receiver room already is very depth and very has a lot of depth. And Justin Fields seems to like to spread the ball around. And you can kind of look at this guy, and he doesn't look in any way out of place as a true freshman on the field. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's out there throwing blocks, which is a huge thing. But he's doing a great job of that too. Next, we got our last five star of the 2019 class. That was Harry Miller. Mm-hmm. He's a center. But he's currently the backup center of Josh Myers. Sure. No shame in that because not at all. OSU has been one of, if not the best, offensive line in the country so center far. center you or something like that? <laughs> Maybe. Harry Miller is playing well. The thing they like about him is he's mean. They just say this guy is an aggressive, kind of tough SOB and just loves pushing people around. And that's that's something you want out of your, your quote-unquote big uglies up front. Yeah. And then we got another wide receiver, Jamison Williams. Two receptions, 74 yards, one touchdown. Didn't Hasn't really played except in that Cincinnati game, yeah. I believe it was, where they just kind of routed him. Yeah, and he had a big play in that game, yeah. and he gets kind of lost in the shuffle behind uh, Garrett Wilson. But he's going to be one of these guys, again, that's filled this room, of, this wide receiver room with talent. Is a Jamison Williams, though, one of these guys that can unfortunately kind of get lost in the shuffle sure. as, we, as we move through and get new recruits? Like you said, Next year, it's going to be Olave and Wilson show, right? And right. Then, but we got Julian Fleming coming right. in, one of the highest rated wide receivers that OSU probably has ever had. And, and G. Scott Jr. And, and Jackson Smith, Nijigba. And you Mookie know? Cooper and all these other guys as well. Um, yeah, he could get lost in the shuffle. You're kind of seeing it happen now with a uh, Austin Mack, I think, is, is a great name for, for that kind of – there was a lot of hype for him and Ben, Vic coming, ben Victor coming in. But just through progression of other guys, I mean, you're only seeing Mac make a, a third down catch here or there. He's not exploding out onto the field like like a, a Garrett Wilson is. So I, I hope for Jamison not is the answer. That he, I, I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle. But honestly, here at Ohio State, if you're not elite, 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 you might get passed by. Right, I mean, with so many wide receivers coming in, at least one of these guys has to, right? You can't yeah. have five wide receivers all producing at an all-American level. You no. have enough of the ball to go around. No, and and that's when you start thinking or, you know, hoping not, but thinking people may be leaning towards the transfer portal. I, th- I mean, I think Jamison is too young. He hasn't had enough time to really kind of make that decision. And I think he knows... Mac's going to be gone, Victor's going to be gone, and, I mean, C.J. Saunders will be gone. That He's playing, he's been hurt, but there will be a little bit of opening in that wide receiver room, but it will be filled by a lot of really talented freshmen next year. And the last one, top five for OSU is Cade Stover, um, outside linebacker, just two tackles, he hasn't really played, but once again, this OSU defense has been savage. 
Yeah, they've been great. And Cade Stover, just when you look at those, when you look at that name, you just think linebacker. I don't know what it is. It just, <laughs> yeah. it just like you look at the name, you think linebacker, and you know, hopefully he's he turns into something special. But we'll we'll see as his career progresses. All right, and the, so the last thing I want to do is gonna I'm gonna run real quick through a couple of the what I went through a lot of freshman numbers and I kind of mm-hmm. com- compiled a all freshman team. If there's anybody you really want to talk about, just go ahead and shout it out. But yeah. for the QB, I had Sam Howell from North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, 63.1 percent of his passes, 1500 yards, and then a 15 to three touchdown to intercept- interception ratio. And this guy almost knocked off Clemson. For the running back, there wasn't there doesn't seem to be any sort of real running back that's really making a name for him as a true freshman. Right. The only one. To start the season was Zach Charbonnet from Michigan, but he's kind of slowed down a lot. Just, yeah. You know, 260 yards, 4.3 average, four touchdowns. There's just, in general, there's just not a whole lot of kids that come directly out of high school and have the the body put together to be a, a running back, especially somebody like a Charbonnet in the Big Ten. Yeah, so keeping with the Big Ten, we got Wandale Robinson at the wide receiver spot. Yeah. I mean, this guy has been everything that was advertised. Everyone – I mean, between just the name and the fact that they lived near each other, but yeah. the Rondale Moore comparisons were very, very common coming in, and they've seemed to be pretty much, pretty much correct. Yeah, they've been kind of right on. It's, I mean, he's several time Big Ten, I think two, maybe three time Big Ten freshman of the week so far, and he's already a, a weapon that you have to look out for. Now he didn't do a whole lot against Ohio State, but. You can't blame nobody has right. right so but i mean he's and, he's kind of that other playmaker that adrian martinez needed to have where he can get the ball out of his hands and not have to do it all himself right i mean in the two games that bookended the osu game he basically won the game for nebraska yeah. versus illinois and north what northwestern i believe it was yeah so i mean 516 total yards already because he's in that kind of gadget role where he's both a wide receiver and a running back, he's taking snaps, he's taking screens, sweeps, all right. those type of things. Yeah, just one of those guys you got to pay attention to where he's lining up on the field for the defense. Right. Um, other wide receiver, I put Garrett Wilson down, but there's a couple other guys out here on Alabama, Auburn, and, and Georgia. I think Pickens is, is yeah. a common pick for that as well. Um, tight end, Jalen Wittermeyer is the only person of any sort of note for the tight end. Is a tight end another one of these spots where it's kind of hard to get true freshmen in? It's hard to get true freshmen mainly because as a tight end, you have to learn kind of two different positions, right? You need to be able to be sound on the end of the line blocking, and then you also need to be learning routes and, you know, that kind of thing as a receiver as well. Not many people just come in and start freshman year at tight end so yeah seeing somebody not having crazy numbers just means he's he's progressed enough in the blocking game that the the coaches trust him on the field all right i'm just gonna run through some of the other uh really eye-popping stats yeah um instead of running through everybody but we got defensive end for purdue george carl carl Aftis, 27 tackles as a defensive end he's got eight tackles for loss and four sacks and then the two safeties are have been really that on on this team have been really great for their teams. Uh, Cameron Williams for Washington, seventeen tackles, three interceptions, and this guy was a three star guy coming into Washington, four hundred twenty third in the nation. And yeah. I guess you know they're one of the schools that compete with OSU to be DBU, and I guess you can kind of see why. Yeah. And it, it's all about how you're used a lot of times as a safety, what what responsibilities you're given, you know, by the team you go to. But, I mean, there's not many people in the country that have three picks, and for him to be doing that is impressive. 
Then the last one we're going to talk about here is Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. 13 tackles, two interceptions, two passes defensed, and a touchdown. 60th overall recruit coming into yeah. this year. All right, so that's probably going to be the, by far the longest section that we're going to have here. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will come back to our the rest of the podcast. You know, this week's New Warriors, Rumor Mill, and who's coming to town, all these types of things. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for listening. Okay, we are right back at it with this week's new Warriors. So only a couple, only one offer in the in the football world, but I mean basketball recruiting is starting to kick off too, and we got another yeah. offer there. So let's start with the the kind of the obvious one. I think everyone knew it was going to happen; it was very expected. But OSU has finally offered C.J. Stroud, four-star pro-style quarterback. He's the fourth um, pro-style quarterback in the class, 133rd overall. Currently, the 247 Sports Crystal Ball gives him a 100% chance to go to OSU. So tell me about the C.J. Stroud kid, man. Uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, good, obviously, when you're rated like this. Quite a good quarterback. Um, flew under the radar a little bit for Ohio State fans because we weren't – Ohio State wasn't hard recruiting him. At, like you said, hadn't offered him until recently. Um, kind of an interesting part about this kid is he is a um, – He's one of these guys that is going to come in as a pro star quarterback, as Jack Miller will. But neither of them are Dwayne Haskins. Let's let's just because you're a pro style doesn't mean you're just going to stand in the pocket. Need these guys aren't as big as Dwayne as far as being tall. They, they they both have good arms, and again we're seeing a guy in C.J. Stroud who has some pipelines coming towards Ohio State. Um, he is a Quincy Avery guy. If you guys don't know who Quincy Avery is, he is a quarterback, quote-unquote, guru. We hear about those guys who worked with Dwayne Haskins. He worked with Justin Fields. He's known Ryan Day forever. So we're starting to get a little bit of a pipeline from this quarterback guru, quote-unquote, towards Ohio State. And so it's really no surprise that Ryan Day found a guy like this, and he, by all accounts, will be joining the Ohio State 2020 class. So there's a couple concerns with C.J. Stroud coming in. The first one is he is a California kid. Right. And that is pretty far away from old Columbus, Ohio. It is. And a lot of the Western schools aren't for him, too. The second one is we do have a – so Justin Fields will be the starter next year. Yeah. Unless something disastrous happens. And then we also have another guy coming in with him, like you said, Jack Miller. Yeah. And – and we have Kyle McCord coming in the year after that. The year after, And you can only have one quarterback playing at a time. So – you know, Jack Miller has had to come out and say, hey, I know they're going to take a fourth quarterback. I want to be here anyways. But how much do position battles really factor into these decisions that people are making? Well, especially at the quarterback position because Ohio State's been known to say they want they want to have four scholarship quarterbacks. But position battles, I think, are really great, a great thing to have. They talk about competitive excellence at Ohio State. But the problem is you only get one of these guys to play. This isn't a, a cornerback room where you can end up playing, rotating six or seven guys into a game. There's there's one quarterback that plays most of the time and most of the meaningful snaps. Jack Miller, by all accounts, has been saying the correct things about this. Yeah, I don't mind the competition. I'm glad you bring in whoever you want. I'd, I'm going to go win the job, which is what you want a quarterback to say. But it's a little concerning, and you wonder if in the future we start to see another Joe Burrow v. Dwayne Haskins situation here with C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller. Yeah, it almost seems inevitable that one of these guys will be transferring out eventually. And and you wonder if then maybe you start to see, uh, like you had mentioned McCord, maybe start to look another direction as well. Because once Justin Fields is done, these guys are going to have several years of eligibility before they end up in the league. 
Right. So that's all there was for OSU football, but OSU basketball also reached out an offer to a 2022 guy. Yeah. Shooting guard Bowen Hardman got an uh, offer from OSU. He's a Cincinnati kid, so local. So all the Cincinnati programs, Cincinnati Xavier, you know, all these guys have offered him as well. But yeah, 2022, Jake. 2022, this guy is kind of still a young man, and right now he is a beaten pole. I think he's 6'3", 160. So he's going to need to fill that out in the next couple of years before, before he gets any kind of play on the OSU hardwood. But, I mean, it just goes to show you they want to keep the local guys local, just like in football. Holtman wants to do it in basketball too. But let's move on now yeah. to our room mill and front page. So these are going to be news and rumors that don't quite fall into the other categories that we have so far. So the first one is Jacoby Cohen seems pretty adamant that he's going to be staying at DE. He's, sure. he's been a very, very popular candidate to move to the defensive tackle spot sure. because the defensive end spot is just so stacked already. Right. Um, but he, he said that he doesn't expect to play defensive tackle. I mean, he, he said he'll do what – OSU needs him to do, but he also says that Larry Johnson recruited him specifically as a defensive end. It's not surprising to see these guys say, I want to be a D-end, because the D-ends are the guys that are going two, three, five in the draft, you know, so that doesn't surprise me. I'll be a little shocked if he is only a D-end. This this has both written all over it kind of Mm -hmm. thing, and just from a perspective of a guy who are you going to try to wade through these Zach Harrisons and the Jack Sawyers and, and these guys coming in? Or are you willing to maybe slide into the middle so that you are actually getting a bunch of play time? The, and I, I wonder if, he, you know, is he going to be stubborn enough to say, I'm not, I don't really want to play inside even though there's some PT for him there? I guess we'll see when, yeah. it, when it comes down to it. So – Finishing up with some other recruits that or commits that we already have, um, Legend Cavazos and Kyle McCord are going to be in the All-American game. Yeah. Which just is always good to see. More accolades. And then for the 2021 guys, there's been a couple rumors floating around. The number two receiver in the class, Bo Collins, in the 2021 class, super highly rated guy, probably going to be a five-star before yeah. it's all said oh, yeah, and done, yeah. reportedly down to just OSU and Clemson. So another wide receiver to add to this room. You and you hope he just watches Justin. Or he just did the Justin Fields to Garrett Wilson thing. You hope he he knows what's going on in the room. And for me, I I just I will not bet against Brian Hartline bringing in whoever the heck he wants. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him in Scarlet and Gray one day soon. A couple other 2021 guys. Tunmiz Adiele has said Alabama and OSU are his co-leaders. This guy is another five-star strong side defensive end in the 2021 class. I mean that's. Just par for the course for right. OSU at this yeah. point. Um, he's going to be in town for the Penn State clash. Yeah, that's that'll be a big game getting a lot of guys in town. Hopefully some of the already committed recruits will get their claws into them and show them why Ohio State's a place to be. And then one more, 2021 four-star offensive tackle J.C. Latham, 77th in the class overall. He says OSU and LSU are recruiting him the hardest, and he will also be here for Penn State. And finally, we're going to end this with basketball again. So EJ Liddell was rumored to be unhappy at OSU and was looking to transfer back home. Yeah. However, he did go to Twitter himself and say, this is false. I'm, I'm perfectly happy here. But you know the saying, Jake, where there's smoke, there's fire. What do you think about this story? So I was listening to an interview done by Coach Holtman the other day, and he specifically brought up EJ Liddell to kind of – I don't know if it had anything to do with these rumors specifically, but he was asked about the incoming freshman and that kind of thing. And a lot of times this, the EJ Liddell gets like a like a Jayshon Tate 
comparison, I'll say, where he's not awesome at any one thing, but he's pretty good at everything. He'll play offense, defense. He'll get you rebounds. He can play a four as a smaller, you know, shorter guy out there. But I don't know. I Again, I would hate to see him go because of the way this class is built. You know, this is a really important recruiting class for Ohio State basketball. And so I would hate to see him go. But if if it's just home calling his name, that's not something that there's really a way to overcome. Now, he says it's not true, and hopefully that's the case. But if you're just battling homesickness, that's not really a good sign. All right, so we're going to end off this podcast with one last section here. It's our who's coming to town, and there's not nobody's coming to town because OSU's on a bye. However, I kept this section because we're already starting to see some early graduation candidates. Mm-hmm. So Jacoby Cohen was the first one to announce he was graduating early. Bit mm-hmm. of, kind of funny. He's the latest commit, but the first one to say, I'm right. coming here. So he'll be the first one in the building. And Trey LaRoe will also be graduating early and coming to OSU. Yeah. So I just kind of want to talk about really briefly why do why do kids come early? Why do they you know graduate early from high school and then come to OSU for the spring semester, which is what will happen? You just get the extra time, and it's so important for a freshman to make that leap from high school to college ball. You get the extra time studying the playbook. You're around Mick Marathi, getting getting your body right for college football. There's several benefits. Not everyone can do it. It's it's I guess taxing would be the way to say it academically for a lot of these kids to do it but I mean if you can do it and get it done we've seen the payoff of the kids who come in early are always the first freshmen on the field and I mean generally they're the first freshmen on the field or the guys who were here for spring semester and uh just last thing then I want to speak about because I feel like Mickey Marotti has been in the news a lot he got the game ball for the Michigan State game you really don't hear about the strength and conditioning coach too much at a lot of programs. Nope. He, yeah, he's uh, he's not only the football coach anymore. The, I mean, he's taken over the strength and conditioning programs for all sports. Now he doesn't. He has his guys for each sport, but he is the head of all strength and conditioning at Ohio State. Player development, I think, is kind of what they categorize that as. And it was it's it was under discussed. But the fact that he stayed when Urban left was a huge deal. And, I mean, there's no better in the country than Mick. That's why I call it Body by Mick. (laughs) All right. With that, we are going to end off our October 11th State Secrets podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We should hopefully be back next week at our normal time with Ken. So thank you guys so much for listening. Yep.